Welcome back to the Ramble Room. Uh, Ken and I am here with an old friend and an old mentor. Well, I shouldn't say old. Okay, maybe I should. <laughs> yeah. How many of you in your life have ever had a teacher that had a tremendous impact on you and that you just wish you had a chance to go back and say thank you? I venture to guess almost everybody has at least one. Today, it is my distinct honor to welcome Wesley Wilson, who was my junior high orchestra teacher. Wes, it's good to have you. How are you doing? I'm doing uh, doing well. Thank you, Ken. <laughs> Very good to hear your voice again. Uh, one of the things I do on this show is, is every time we get somebody that's kind of new to the audience, I just ask them to take a minute and tell a little bit about themselves, where they came from, who they are, what they've done. So I'll, I'd probably give you three or four if you needed it. <laughs> but <laughs> please, please introduce yourself to the audience here at the Ramble Room. Well, my name is Wes Wilson. Uh, I'm in Colorado. I live in Woodland Park, which is 18 miles northwest of Colorado Springs. Beautiful On the country. north slope of Pike. Yeah, on the north slope of Pikes Peak here. And uh, I grew up in Colorado Springs. I went to Colorado State University, got my bachelor's and master's degree there, and then uh, went looking for a teaching job. And uh, uh, I hunted high and low and uh, wound up getting offered a job in Sheridan. And uh, I took that, I think, in 1972, I believe it was, spring of Spring of 72, I believe. That that matches my recollection, so we're probably close. Oh, good. So you, you wound up teaching in Sheridan. What else did you do? I, I remember you were a truck driver, and, and kind of how did the sequence go? Well, I, uh, uh, I had a music scholarship, but uh, basically my dad, although he could have afforded to pay my way through, uh, he said, uh, I would appreciate it more if I were earned, earned it myself. So, uh, I had a job, uh, driving over the road trucks, uh, three nights a week, Thursday night, all night, Friday night, all night, and, uh, Saturday night, all night. And, uh, they were 12 to 14, sometimes 16 hour runs. And they took me through five states, uh, depending upon which run I had on any given night. And uh, so it paid a lot better than uh, my college mates who were getting uh, about 50 cents an hour at McDonald's or uh, whatever. You know, I got like $100 a night. And so uh, I, was, I, was, I was in uh, tall cotton in, uh, in college. You... You must have been. <laughs> I, I remember as you were teaching that there were some issues because it's some, and I'm not going to ask you to go into all the gory details, but uh, you suffered a pretty tragic accident down in the southern part of Wyoming along the I-80 corridor. And so you had taken this job to be able to teach to be able uh -huh. to be the, the, the orchestra leader at 
at Sheridan at the, the junior high school. And I think you also, you uh, taught at the high school too, correct? I had uh, the high school, the junior high, and five elementaries. Yes. Yeah, I had uh, the elementaries I visited twice a week, each of them twice a week. The junior and senior highs I visited every day. So during those days, when when I first came in contact with you, it was in sixth grade. And because of an accident, you were had some physical issues and you were there when you could be. But quite often, you had to be absent as you were recovering from this accident. And your wife, Carol, who is a... <laughs> an amazing musician of her own right, uh, a, uh -huh. a great concert organist. Um, anyway, she came in, and she actually started me on the violin. And oh, wow. And yeah. worked through that for quite a while, and she kept telling me to practice. And I would say, yes, ma'am, and go home and not practice, and then come back <laughs> and have to admit that I didn't practice because, by golly, she could figure that out pretty quickly. <laughs> It's a common uh, trait amongst teachers. <laughs> it is, and it's a common trait amongst students to try to play the game. <laughs> but, right. But that's, we were we were we were students once ourselves. <laughs> yes, but but you guys made a great team because you each you each had individual talents. You were both very skilled at doing that. And I guess before we get too far into this, I just want to thank you to both of you. You guys had a tremendous impact on my entire life in ways that you probably will never know because I won't even necessarily remember them all. But it is it is very special to be able to come back after 50 years. Can you, can you believe it's been 50 years? Oh, no. Wow, it just uh, seems, like, uh, seems like yesterday. It, it does. But just to be able to come back after 50 years and to be able to say thank you to somebody who met so much. So that get get that out of the way, and then we can move on. But um, please pass on uh, to Carol. Means, hey, Carol, by the way. That means a lot. It does. That means a lot, Ken. Yeah. It means a lot to me, too. For Carol, you know, I kind of asked if there was a chance she could join us. And guess what? She has to practice. <laughs> yeah, she's, uh, she's still very active. Uh, uh, she uh, accompanies. Uh, she's one of the best accompanists there is for all kinds of things, uh, uh, various soloists and things like that, uh, uh, students, uh, professionals. She, uh, she accompanies, and uh, she still plays the uh, organ quite a bit. And, uh, but she, she says she retired, but she's downstairs <laughs> practicing right now. Well, uh, I certainly appreciate her. And she is, as I mentioned, she's a consummate professional and she did a great job on the times that you could not be there. She would stand in and she would, uh, guide the orchestra. And if you can imagine, I know you can, but I'm talking to the listener. If you can imagine what it's like to try to inspire junior high kids to play classical music, <laughs> to be able to understand that. One of the things that you did uh, is you gave us homework. 
and you re- uh-huh. I don't remember the details as far as how much we had to do. I think it was something like two hours a week. You had to listen to classical music late at night on the radio and then write something about it or come back and report. What did you listen to? What did you like? What you didn't like? Um, uh-huh. That sort of thing was imp- was important and, and it impressed on me a number of things. It hard to describe them all. Um, Another thing that you did, there was a particular piece which, for crying out loud, I have looked for 40, 45 years trying to find out what piece this was. It was a Vivaldi piece that you had us play as as the entire orchestra. And I have listened listened to hundreds of Vivaldi pieces, and I have never found the one that we played. But I became a tremendous fan of Antonio Vivaldi. (laughs) Yeah. So thanks for that. You're a young teacher, pretty much fresh out of college, uh, and you're yeah. tasked with inspiring 12, 13, 14-year-old kids to love music. How do you pick music for them to begin to play? How do you pick classical pieces? Um, what is it that you look for? How did, how did you decide what it is that you would ask us to play? Well, part of it was I would look at what was available in the uh, in the music library at the school, what they had, what music they had. Uh, they were not real fond of letting us buy music, so a lot of it was uh, music that was already in the school district. Uh, so that would be where I would start, and then if there was something that I particularly uh, wanted, probably like the Vivaldi, which I don't remember exactly which piece that was, but if there was something that I wanted or that I heard uh, uh, other teachers or uh, read about uh, that was a good student, uh, student piece, then I would try and convince the superintendent to buy it. But they, uh, they wanted to spend all their money on football. And uh, <laughs> yeah. that, was a, uh, that was a big part of what drove me away from, uh, from uh, teaching. So I'm going to take just a minute here and play a little piece. This is a piece that you introduced to me. Those of you that have been following this podcast will look back a show or two and you'll see a tribute to Ted Gostas. Uh, Ted's was a prisoner of war in Vietnam. His story is on that, and I really encourage you to go back and check that out. But his son Demetrius and I were friends in junior high school, and we were students of yours, Wes. And you uh-huh. gave us a particular piece written by Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart when he was 18 years old. I think that's called Table Music for Two, if I recall. Yes, yeah, that's that's what I'm going to play. And maybe we should preface what's happening here. You want to take a crack at that? Sure. Uh, this is a piece of music uh, that's a one-page piece of music for two violins and uh, you lay it on the table uh, between two players and they both play the same sheet of music but one is playing it right side up from his side of the table the other one is playing it essentially upside down but he's playing it right side up from his side of the table so uh, the genius of Mozart was he managed to put this together so that it went together fabulously with these two players playing the same sheet of music, one right side up and essentially the other one upside down. 
it is kind of amazing how the harmonies worked and the timing and everything. And this is, Mozart did this when he was 18 years old. You talk about yeah. genius. So, You're an incredible genius. Yes, sir. So here, here's the piece. What do you think, Wes? Did, did Demetrius and I sound that good? <laughs> I'm sure you did. I thought that was <laughs> what you were playing for me. <laughs> no, no, trust me. We did not record what Demetrius and I played. Uh -huh. we, we got by it, and they gave us, uh, they used to rate, you know, like ones and twos. Um, and uh -huh. I, I think we got a two, which was probably generous. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, another teacher that I had after I left the junior high school, I went out to Bighorn, and this guy, whom I've also been able to hook up with later in, and be able to thank, used to require us to listen to somebody called PDQ Bach. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Love PDQ Bach. Yeah, he would record in the barn, and you'd hear chickens and roosters and and pigs and stuff going off in the background. But it was musical comedy at its finest. And if you're out there listening to this, just Google PDQ Bach. He's an absolute musical genius of the highest level. He really. I was. got to see him. I got to see him with the Denver Symphony Orchestra uh, <laughs> live in concert one time. And uh, he is really amazing. They, he doesn't just specialize in the traditional instruments of the orchestra. He might bring in 
some hubcaps <laughs> or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Hosepipe uh, was one of his favorites. Yes. Uh, concerto for Hosepipe host and Orchestra. <laughs> yeah. He was, he was extremely funny. Um, plug a plug a mouthpiece in a garden hose, and uh, and play a horn concerto, <laughs> and play it pretty well. Oh yeah, it's 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 one thing to to be funny, but it's quite another to to have that kind of skills. Um, oh, absolutely. Uh, he was one of the, I consider him one of the greatest musical minds of American music. Uh, you know, he claimed to be from the University of Northern South Dakota or Southern North Dakota at Hoople. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, people should should Google that and listen to some of his stuff. It's it's amazing. You should. Another person that became an, an early fan or an early favorite of mine was Mark O'Connor. Um, Mark O'Connor was... Uh, national champion fiddle player at the age of 12, 13, 14, 15, something like that. He won it several years in a row and then quit to give somebody else a chance. Uh, and then he became a national flat pick guitar champion for a couple of years. Uh, um, he went on through the early 80s, and if you look at the liner notes on almost any country music, you see Mark O'Connor was a fiddle player. He had a TV show for a while. Anyway, I got to meet him a couple times and, and chat with him, and he promised me that next time he comes to Sheridan, he'll play my fiddle. <laughs> oh yeah, and that well, that be... uh, I was so impressed with that uh, instrument you made. Well, thank you. That just you. blew me away. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Well, maybe I should drag it with me. I'm going to be down in your neck of the woods in the next week or two. I should drag it with me, and and maybe when we get a chance to have coffee or something, you can. Lay the bow to it oh, for hey. a little bit. Oh no, you don't want me taking a bow to it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you still play I, I, regularly? I haven't, I, I haven't played in years. Uh, it's been twenty years, probably. Yeah. Uh, I, I I I I get neck cramps if I even try and play. Yeah, that's funny you mention that because I was never comfortable playing the violin. I played it because my grandfather gave me one, it, it, right? Which had been his violin. And so I figured, well, that's what I should play. But my left hand just never worked. I could never develop the vibrato, the, the comfort. And I sat down one day with, uh, well, the first time I ever tried to do anything like that was with the double bass. And it just came very naturally to me. And then I sat uh -huh. down with the cello. And I after I sat with the cello for about 30 minutes, I thought, man, <laughs> If I just started on a cello, <laughs> yo, yo, yeah. ma, look out. <laughs> there you go. Uh, probably not. Anyway, <laughs> um, very fun to get a chance to talk to you. I'm sure we'll do some more catching up. And and uh, I'm sorry that you don't play the, the violin anymore. Do you play any of the instruments anymore? No. Uh, I... Uh... I discovered uh, at uh, uh, at during my second job, which was a very similar teaching position in eastern Kansas, a little town called Ottawa, out near Kansas City. Uh, after I'd been there for a while, I discovered I had another talent, and that was photography, and particularly photojournalism. 
and uh, that took me away from music altogether. Uh, I got a job uh, uh, with the Sheridan, well, Sheridan uh, the <laughs> Ottawa Herald newspaper was uh, shooting pictures for Associated Press and UPI uh, in Kansas City and uh, Topeka, and uh, uh, I loved that, and it just uh, took me away from uh, from music altogether. Well, I'm sorry that the music world lost you. Uh, however, the same thing happened to me <laughs> after uh-huh. after after high school, and music became a little bit more difficult. Um, I happened to have some inroads into photography. Um, I got I did some freelance stuff for a while. I had uh, opportunities to be able to use Casper College's uh, photo lab for quite a while, and. Uh-huh. It sounds to me like we need to do another show. <laughs> we'll get into photography a little bit, perhaps. But at any rate, we're, sure. we're pretty much out of time here. But it has been a delight to get to talk to you again. And I look forward oh, to seeing you soon. Okay, likewise. I uh, hope to see you when you're down here.